In today's brief, we'll talk about a $500,000 helicopter, Russia versus sharks, and Armenia having second thoughts. I'm Linnea, and today is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, and we're in Kyiv, Ukraine. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with the news in Ukraine from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that on September 6th, Russian losses included nine tanks, 21 armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, 22 drones, or UAVs, five command centers, 37 artillery systems, and 610 personnel. Russian sources continue to complain about a lack of artillery munitions and counter-battery capabilities, according to the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, which seems pretty on point given the sheer volume of artillery systems reported destroyed by Ukrainian forces every day. One year ago yesterday, the Kharkiv counteroffensive began, liberating about 500 settlements and 6,000 square kilometers in less than a week. The bad news? It set a bit of an unrealistic expectation among foreign analysts who seem to be waiting for a Kharkiv-like breakthrough and have been considering anything less to be a disappointing failure. It's important to remember that while slow and steady may not actually win any races, it does prevent a lot of unnecessary death caused by rushing across dense minefields. Last week, a Russian Mi-8 helicopter pilot landed at an airfield in Ukraine and surrendered, the result of six months of coordination with Ukrainian intelligence. The pilot, 28-year-old Maxim Kuzminov, will receive a reward worth 500,000 U.S. dollars for the Mi-8 and has encouraged other Russian troops to follow his example, saying in an interview with CNN, quote, you'll be provided for for the rest of your lives, end quote. Kuzminov said he defected because he didn't want to be complicit in war crimes, and, quote, what is happening now is simply genocide of the Ukrainian people, both Ukrainian and Russian. Ukraine will definitely win this war simply because the people are very united. The whole world is helping because it understands that human life must be valued, end quote. A bill signed by Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky in April 2022 offers monetary rewards to Russians who surrender with their equipment and promises, quote, secrecy, a safe stay in Ukraine, and support in obtaining new documents and leaving for a third country, end quote. In all seriousness, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Today is the day Ukraine celebrates its military intelligence forces, and in a video commemorating the day, Chief of the Defense Intelligence of Ukraine, or GUR, newly promoted to Lieutenant General Kirill Obodonov, almost cracked a smile. GUR spokesman Andriy Yusov stated that Ukrainian intelligence is not 100% certain that private military company or PMC Wagner Group leader and one-time insurrectionist Yevgeny Prigozhin actually died in a plane crash. At this time, only Dmitry Utkin, another key Wagner leader, has been independently confirmed as dead. Director of Analysis for the U.S. Department of Defense Intelligence, Trent Maul, told The Economist that U.S. intelligence believes Ukrainian forces can break through the remaining Russian defensive lines by the end of this year, which, for those of us who still feel like it's May, is actually only four months away. Maul noted that the AFU's advancements on the Russian second line of defense is, quote, 
actually quite significant. End quote. On the home front, the United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken is visiting Kyiv, where he announced a new aid package worth over 1 billion U.S. dollars and, perhaps more importantly, visited with Patron, the explosives detection dog and mascot of the state emergency services of Ukraine. Blinken also met with President Zelensky yesterday and visited the Berkovets Cemetery with Ukrainian Minister of Foreign Affairs Dmitry Kuleba to pay respects to fallen Ukrainian soldiers. Today, he visited positions of Ukrainian border guards and was shown U.S. surveillance drones in action. Accomplished British actor Stephen Fry was also in Kyiv this week, speaking at a conference organized by Ukrainian First Lady Olena Zelenska. The conference focused on addressing the mental health issues that have been worsened by the war, and Fry took the opportunity to share on social media what his experience had been in his hotel's bomb shelter while Russia launched missiles and Shahed kamikaze drones at the city. I encourage every Westerner who visits Ukraine, for whatever reason, to do the same. With humility, of course, but to remind Western media that Ukrainians are still going through this every single day. A petition demanding a veto of the draft law that returns electronic declaration of assets for officials but keeps the registry closed for another year gained 25,000 signatures, that's the number required for a petition to be considered by the president, in three hours. Since the beginning of the full-scale invasion, 242 people have been killed by Russian mines and 498 injured. Included in that number are 13 children who were killed and 63 who were injured. About 30% of Ukraine's territory roughly 174,000 square kilometers, is contaminated with mines and unexploded ordnance. For reference, that's an area larger than Washington state in the U.S., or a little less than half the area of California. The number of casualties from yesterday's terrorist attack on the central market in Kostyantinivka has been updated now that rescue operations are complete. 17 people were killed, including a child, and 32 people were injured. If you're enjoying the episode, please rate us and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to reach out to us via email at social at borlingen.media. That's B-O-R-L-I-N-G-O-N dot media. In the temporarily occupied territories, Ukraine has continued targeting Russian military objects in occupied Kherson Oblast and western Crimea destroying enough air defense systems to fly aerial drones with impunity, including the larger Bayraktar armed drones. On September 6th, Ukrainian forces destroyed a truck carrying ammunition in the same area where they destroyed that patrol boat the day before, and Russian forces are complaining that Ukrainian reconnaissance drones are moving further into Russian-controlled territories, and Russian helicopters are having to be used to chase the drones out. Speaking of drones, let's talk about the Russian Federation and effectively occupied Belarus. Explosions were reported in Moscow, Rostov-on-Don, and Bryansk early this morning, the result of multiple drone attacks. Russian authorities stated that two drones were shot down by air defense. Schools in Russia have a new curriculum this year, 
incorporating not only pro-Kremlin propaganda about Ukraine and its history meant to justify the full-scale invasion and the occupation of Crimea, but also military skills in a course called, quote, Basics of Life Safety. The course reportedly teaches students how to administer first aid and also how to handle assault rifles, grenades, and drones. In News Worldwide, Olha Stefanishna, Deputy Prime Minister for European and Euro-Atlantic Integration, stated in an interview with Voice of America that she believes Ukraine is capable of taking the steps necessary to join the EU in spite of the war, adding that European Council President Charles Michel's statement about preparing for EU enlargement by 2030 does not mean that Ukraine will have to wait until then to join, and that Ukraine will be ready in about two years. Stefanishina mentioned that NATO membership could come even sooner. The Romanian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, confirmed that debris similar to the remains of a drone were found near the village of Plauru, across the Dunai River from Ismail in Ukraine. Romania had previously denied Ukrainian assertions that Russian drones had crashed on their territory during an attack on the port of Ismail. Romanian President Klaus Johannes called for an investigation of the wreckage saying, quote, If it is confirmed that this wreckage is part of a Russian drone, this situation will be absolutely unacceptable and will be a serious violation of Romania's sovereignty and territorial integrity. End quote. Armenia appears to be questioning its decades-long security relationship with Russia, according to the ISW. As a refresher, Armenia is part of the Russian-led Collective Security Treaty Organization, or CSTO, and back in September of 2022 attempted to invoke Article 4 of the CSTO Treaty, effectively aggression against one is perceived as aggression against all, requesting an urgent military intervention from Russia in response to heavy fighting on the border between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Russia declined to help, likely because it wants to stay friendly with Azerbaijan's oil reserves. In February of this year, Armenia cancelled CSTO joint military exercises in Armenia, and on September 5th, Radio Free Europe reported that the Armenian government had sent unspecified humanitarian aid to Ukraine for the first time since the full-scale invasion. Perhaps Armenia is finally understanding why Ukrainian Foreign Minister Kuleba said of Russian President Vladimir Putin, quote, He is not a person with whom you can seriously negotiate something. If you think that you have successfully agreed with him, then you are putting yourself in danger of being attacked by him. End quote. Do you remember the shark that mauled the Russian holiday-goer off the coast of Egypt? Well, the sharks are at it again. A Russian catamaran in the Coral Sea southwest of Cairns, Australia, put out an emergency call after both hulls of their vessel had been damaged in several shark attacks. Aboard the catamaran were two Russians and a Frenchman, reportedly on the first Russian round-the-world expedition of the 21st century. Let's talk military tech. Germany announced on September 5th that it had delivered more ammunition and military vehicles to Ukraine, including 188 Zetros trucks, up from 156 trucks delivered previously, four more border protection vehicles, and another Beaver bridge-laying truck as well as the first batch out of a total 300,000 rounds of ammunition for Gephardt anti-aircraft guns. 
A Challenger 2 tank in service with the Ukrainian armed forces has been confirmed as destroyed. New UK Secretary of Defense Grant Shapps reported that the tank had been hit by artillery, and while the crew was attempting to put out the fire, the tank was struck again. All six crew members did survive, and Shapps noted that, quote, it may be the first loss as far as we're aware. We gifted 14 of these Challenger 2 tanks to Ukraine. We accept that in a war zone, there can be material losses, end quote. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Substack. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobachenia.